0: Welcome to Finish Lines and Milestones with Allie Bretnocker. Incredible stories and tales of triumphs with everyday people achieving their goals in fitness. This podcast brought to you by Athlete Bouquets. Celebrate finish lines and milestones of the people that you love by visiting athletebouquets.com. Hello and welcome to episode 38. This is Allie Bretnocker. And this is the final episode of 2023. Since I started in April, I have published an episode every single week and it pains me (laughs) to take a break. But I am trying to practice the art of saying no, also realizing that at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. Nobody cares. So the next episode will be January 19th, Friday, January 19th. So mark your calendar. Most of you haven't listened to every single episode anyway, so go back and listen to the ones that you've missed. They are all so great. And I also hope everybody is not stressing too much through the holidays. I can't turn my brain off. It's a laundry list at all times of things I got to get done. And so I'm trying to work through that and taking a break from the podcast certainly is helpful for me not to have to cram a bunch more stuff in throughout this crazy time. So. I'm also getting ready to, if you listen to this on December 22nd, when it comes out on December 23rd, I am chopping off my hair. So I am donating my hair for the second time in my life. I have super healthy, thick, long hair, definitely starting to get some grays in there, but I don't dye my hair so I can donate it. And I am donating this time to Hair We Share a nonprofit organization that you can donate your hair. They have a program called, I forget, the ponytail tracking. So you get to actually see what happens to the hair that you donate. So you donate between eight to 12 inches. I will be making that decision based on what my hairdresser says and her advice, but I am excited actually to Get my hair out of here. I brushing it out after running, especially, has started to become difficult. Certainly, drying it, straightening it is a labor of love, and I'm really excited to be able to give my hair to somebody who needs it. So, uh, updated pictures, and I will be certainly documenting the transformation on Instagram at Athlete Bouquets or my personal Instagram Allie T Brett. But anyway, I am super thrilled. this episode because it has been a long time coming. Ashley and I know each other through the board at Beyond Monumental, and I knew I wanted to have her on this podcast from the minute I started it, but she was in the process of hitting some big milestones this year. So she ran every single race distance in 2023 outside of a 5K. And 5Ks don't bring her joy. So she said no to that, which again props to her. So during this conversation, Ashley and I talk about how how we met, how we ran the beginning of the Monumental Marathon together this year. It was her first road marathon since 2009. We talk about the Beyond Monumental Kids movement, which is part of what we do at Monumental, how she thought about running her first ultra while she was running her first marathon. We get into details about the ultra world because I as you know, if you've been listening, have not run one. So I am super curious. Her parents, we talk about because they are huge supporters of Ashley's and crew her at most of her races. Ashley started a five-year run streak in 2019. So come this year, it'll be five years of running every single day, no days off. She also this year had 200 mile months, almost 3,000 total miles for the year. We joke about the Taylor Swift treadmill workout. Ashley wants me to try it since I have a treadmill, but I probably won't be able to do that. (laughs) We talk about food for ultra racing, which is something, a topic I just love in general, and her three rules for running ultras. We talk about age group awards and awards she's received for winning races. We talk about running at night, and we joke about race pictures, although we have some really good ones from the race this year together. So I will be sure to share those. And if you want to follow Ashley Haynes, she is Ashley.a.haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S on Instagram. So this was fun. We could have done it forever. I had to leave earlier. We probably would have continued talking for much longer, but I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ashley as much as I did. Hello everyone. I'm here with Ashley Haynes. Hi, Allie. Hi. Ashley and I just ate salads (laughs) with two knives. Uh, Knife chopsticks. Knife chopsticks. So (laughs) I brought lunch to the library, and I didn't think to check the to-go bag for the silverware. And then come to find out there wasn't any. So we're at the lovely Java house in the Carmel Public Library, and all they had were knives. So I grabbed two knives thinking, okay, we'll just stab the shit out of our salads and then Ashley had the brilliant idea.
1: Well, you know, it helps It helps slow
0: down the fast eaters. We realized. It was like a game. Yeah. Pro, pro tip, <laughs> if you would like to try to eat a little slower, just use two knives to eat. <laughs> or to feel really satisfied after eating a salad. <laughs> I was so hungry. All I wanted to do was just shovel it in my mouth, and I had to take so long, but it was delicious. And we did it. We did it. So I am really excited to get to know you better. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I think I told you when you first
1: posted in April that you were starting a podcast as like, I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. Please interview me. But not until
0: the end of the year. Yeah. So this, so everyone knows this is the last episode of 2023. We're closing it out with a big bang. I'm going to be taking a few weeks off because I'm saying no to being stressed out about trying to get stuff done over the holidays and I'm just going to enjoy it. Good. Good for you. Right. So Ashley and I met. Through, originally through Jillian Walker, our mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, when you were doing linking Indie Women. Yeah. And she was like, you need to meet Ashley. She's on the board. I think it was when I joined the board of Beyond Monumental, she knew you were on the board and then she introduced us.
1: Yeah, I think around this.
0: I also think she knew that we just both ran. Yeah. She's like, you like this. <laughs> You'll like each other. You guys should talk. You can talk about running. Don't talk to me about it. Talk to each other about Yeah, it. please. Don't. Yeah. Don't talk to me about it. Yeah. And so how many years have you been on the Beyond Monumental board now?
1: I was trying to do that math. I think it was 2019 when I first started because I remember volunteering at the marathon the first year that I was on the board. I was working the VIP sponsor tent and it was freezing. It was freezing cold morning. And then I'm pretty sure the next year was 2020 and we didn't hold the race because of uh, COVID.
0: Yeah. Okay. I thought you were on it longer for some reason. No,
1: I think, I think, I mean, this will be 2024. So it's
0: almost five years. Yeah. COVID makes it weird to, f- I feel like, yeah, it just
1: makes it weird. COVID time is like <laughs> eating salad with uh, two knives.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is really. Yeah. How did you end up on the board? What made you get involved?
1: <clears throat> so I was working at Keep Indianapolis Beautiful in the nonprofit space and Al White, who used to be on the Beyond Monumental board, Worked at Lily and we were doing a lot of volunteer activities with Lily. At the time, mm-hmm. we did an annual day of service with them. And Al was like, Hey, Ashley, we're looking for board members. You run, you're in marketing, you work <laughs> at a nonprofit. This seems like a great fit for you. And I was like, Sure, Al. So then I met with Jed and John from the board, and here I've been for almost five years.
0: And they're like, You like running? <laughs> I like running. You like
1: running. You like working with kids. I was like, Yeah, all of those things.
0: Nice. Al and I, I never, I didn't remember his last name. We volunteered this year together at the welcome table at the expo for the, for the monumental. And he was just lovely. So anyway. He is. He's great. He's, uh, he's, how, I, he's how I got to be here. Well, thank you, Al. Because <laughs> now that's how, that's how we got to know <laughs> And another. that's how I'm actually here yeah. right now with and you. That's how it all <laughs> happened. So this year, you helped me run my PR. I did. You really did. I am so grateful for that. You, like, have no idea. You know, I was thinking about it today. Could I have done that without your help? I mean, yeah, maybe. It wouldn't have been as enjoyable, though, I can tell you that. I was so nervous because I've never paced before and you're like, can you can you keep me around eight minute
1: miles? I was like, I sure can try. And then when you're checking me, like how we're we doing, I was like, well, we're going a little bit fast. <laughs> I don't know how to actually get us to just hold an eight minute mile. But no, I had so I had a lot of fun running with you. It's hard when you run by yourself all the time. And I'm like, oh, people. Right. To
0: run. Well, and and I, I don't I really don't run with other people very much. I don't either. And it seemed like a lot of pressure, kind of. Because well, I had another guy who trains with my coach, Chris Jones. And we actually just ran the Zionsville half together. But he had offered to help pace me. For, and I, at this point, was convinced that I wasn't going to be able to run a PR. So I was like, no, I'm good, you know. But then, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, actually, let's just, like, meet up in the morning and see what happens. And and then it happened. And you were a great pacer. I'll be a couple of miles a little quick because I <laughs> asked you and you're like, yeah, we just did like a 7. I don't know. wait 7.47. 7. 7. <laughs> I was like, OK, then. Um, no wonder I feel like I'm going to die. That's good to know that we were going fast because I was wondering if I could hold that pace. But it worked out great. And well, see, my problem is that I don't
1: ever, particularly when I'm racing, I never have a goal pace that I'm trying to hit. I just go out and I run. Which is why pacing was so hard for me, because I'm like, I don't actually know how to
0: pace myself to try to hit a particular time. See, and this I didn't know about you going in, by the way. No idea. <laughs> You're like, just, yeah, yeah just I was like, I she runs spread. a lot. <laughs> she runs fast. She'll know exactly how to do this.
1: That was actually, this year's Monumental was my first road marathon since 2009. Yeah. So I ran my first wow. road marathon in 2009, which I did train for. I think I had googled like marathon training plan. Mm-hmm. So I know I did I know I did train for that. It was in Akron, Ohio. Why? I do Akron. not I do not remember why Akron, Ohio. It was I think it was a spring like an April okay. time marathon. So it was okay. probably just based on timing and proximity. I was living in Michigan at the time, but probably timing and proximity. There's a lot of hills in Akron. There are not a lot of hills in Michigan where I was training. So that was my first one in 2009, and then I didn't run another road marathon again until 2023.
0: That's crazy. I didn't realize that.
1: I did. I will say I dropped my marathon PR time by almost an hour, like 10, 10, 15, however, however many years long later that is. But I, I dropped. I'm faster now than I was when I was 23.
0: Yeah. Well, same, I think. Well, clearly in the, in the half anyway. Haven't tried the marathon again yet, but we shall see what 2024 holds. <laughs> I'm still like avoiding the conversation with my husband to be like, hey, so I kind of want to run a fall marathon. What do you think about that? Because hey, I, I do get kind of want
1: to run hundred miles. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. I was telling my mom about this today. I told you I was with her this morning, and she's like, I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing my friend who ran hundred miles this year, and my mom goes, why? So we'll get to that. Let's back up, though. Are you from Michigan originally? Um, technically, born in
1: Virginia. I lived there until middle of first grade. And then my parents and my family is originally from Ohio. So we lived with my grandparents in Ohio for a little bit while our house was being built in Michigan. But pretty much from like summer before second grade through high school, I lived in Michigan. So I will say that I am from Michigan.
0: OK. And you went to IU. I went to Michigan State. Shit. I messed that up. I'll edit that out. And so you went to Michigan State, right? Yep, I did. <laughs> along, along
1: with the majority of my graduating class and some of my very good friends at high school. Okay. It's kind of like a little like we, we uh, graduated high school and then like pods of us like all went to like between Michigan State, University of Michigan, and the other schools up there.
0: Okay. So, what brought I just assume that college is what brought you to Indiana. So that's not true. So, was it your job after school or what brought you here? Um, in a way both. Okay. So, I went to school for
1: advertising and public relations and I graduated and got a job as one does in Michigan in a auto related field. So, I worked for the advertising agency that worked with Ford Motor Company. Okay. So, more or less worked for Ford. And I was there for almost five years. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to work on some of our nonprofit accounts. Um, Our creative director was really awesome about giving back to the Detroit community. So I got to work on a number of accounts. I really loved working with the nonprofit organizations. Mm. Decided that I didn't want to sell cars anymore for Ford. I looked at nonprofit marketing jobs. There weren't really any around the time, but I had been coaching girls on the run. And I loved coaching girls on the run. Um, My mom has gone back to school multiple times. She ended her career as a middle school science and technology teacher. I've got uncles and aunts that have been in the education field. So I decided I would go back to college and get my degree in elementary education. So in a way, school kind of did bring me here in the sense that I got my master's in education at University of Michigan, and then my best friend also decided that she wanted to become an elementary school teacher, but she did teach for America and she got placed in Indianapolis. So I was graduating from my master's program, looking for a job. Michelle was moving to Indianapolis anyhow to start teaching and do her Teach for America coursework. And I was like, great, I'll move to Indianapolis with you. Why not? So I did kind of move down here because of school, after school, and for a job, but a completely different job than
0: what I had originally <laughs> gone to school for. So did you come here without a job and find one once you got no, here? No,
1: I found like I, I found a job in Indianapolis and in Washington Township before I moved down. So like okay. I, I had applied for – I also knew nothing about the Indianapolis – area school. So I just applied for jobs at all of the school districts. Um, I ended up in Washington Township.
0: Okay. Describe Washington Township. Um, Washington Township
1: is like the northwest-ish area of Indianapolis. I I don't know how many elementary schools. There were five or six at the time. And then one, they all feed
0: up eventually to one really big high school, North Central. Okay. And we talk about school districts a lot. Because of our work with the Beyond Monumental Kids movement, where we have programs for kids to essentially learn how to run that now culminates in a 5K for them, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, really similar to Girls on the Run. And that's part of the reason why I was really interested in joining the board, too, because of my Mm -hmm. experience with Girls on the Run. Because I knew what Beyond Monumental is doing with the Monumental Kid movement when I moved here and I was teaching, I continued coaching girls on the run. I started a club at the school that I was teaching at. Okay. And the, I mean, the girls that were part of it, they were, I think third, fourth, and fifth grade-ish, um, had a fantastic time. The lessons, a lot about like uh, self-esteem and empowerment in addition to running. But also the boys in my class that were not actively part of the program, they knew that I ran. They knew that I was running the running club, and they were really into it too. I, like they would race each other at lunch. I like, think there was one lunchtime where um, our principal at the time, uh, Mr. Taylor, he also was a runner, and they're like, "Miss Haynes, can you, and Mr. Taylor, race at lunch?" I was oh. like, "For sure. Make sure Mr. Taylor's wearing his dress shoes that day, and I'll wear my tennis shoes. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> then, we'll see how we'll see how that goes." And like, but like the boys, like it wasn't a lot of times um, like if you were misbehaving you couldn't play at recess you had to walk around the track my class was running and walking around the track for fun because they knew that it was something that i loved doing and that i was involved in. i was like this is really awesome and beyond monumental is doing trying to instill that same love and that physical activity aspect into kids
0: yeah i love it so much So is Washington Townships one of our school districts?
1: Um, We got a couple of schools in there. I mean, the majority of our schools are in uh, Indianapolis public school system because we've been working with Kathy Langdon, who's the, I don't know her exact title, but she kind of oversees the program and has for years and years. Mm -hmm. So it's gotten into a lot more of the Indianapolis public schools. And in Lawrence Township, we've got another big cluster of schools, but our goal is to try to
0: get into all of the districts in Marion County And then hopefully start to expand Mm -hmm. even beyond that. Well, there's all kinds of different stuff now in Carmel that I'm learning about having a kid in public school. But it's, you know, I certainly love seeing what we're doing with the movement to get these kids excited about running. And that 5K event, so amazing. I'm really glad we started doing it because it used to be, so the year that you volunteered in 2019 we would have had all the kids yep. at the big race. Yep. What doubt. was that like when we did it that way? Um,
1: chaotic. I mean, the the marathon and the half marathon for the adults is like the center stage race. And then also trying to then have a group of like a 1, thousand, fifteen hundred kids that are trying to coordinate the buses coming in with all the road closures and all of that. I mean, the kids felt really special and really excited to have, like, a big crowd cheering mm-hmm. for you, but also kind of get got lost, I think, in the day of the right. marathon activities. But having the standalone 5K starts and finishes at Lucas Oil, almost all the kids know of the Colts. Like, they mm-hmm. get to go to the place where the Colts play, like, see it. They kind to have their own mini uh, monument run that they do with their 5k going around the streets. The streets are all closed just for them. And I think that's part of what makes it really exciting is that Mm -hmm. this is an event that is
0: just Just for for them. them. Yeah, it feels right. It feels like what it should be. It's been really cool. Well, and Ashley and I volunteered at the uh, finish line filling up water. It was my first time. It was your first time too, right? (laughs) We were the first time ever volunteering to like fill up water cups. It's really hard work. I have
1: to say we did a really good job, a good job, though, because I, I can't say that when I was uh, running the marathon this year, I was like, eh, some of these water stations could have benefited from Ashley and Alley being here and making sure they've got, like, the three levels of water cups and the pictures. We had a
0: system down. It was really fun we really volunteering. Did. We crushed it. <laughs> yeah, we did. I felt good about it, but I was tired after that. And I just kept thinking, you know, this was a 5K compared to like people who volunteer for marathons where they're out there for, I mean, I'm sure maybe they have shifts, but like being out there for hours and hours, I mean, obviously it's hard to run a marathon, but volunteering, I keep saying, like people need to experience that.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's so much fun too. I mean, like I primarily run ultra trail marathons and some of those volunteers, they're out there for five, six, 12 hour shifts. Some of them that are like the hosts of the different aid stations, but they have so much fun. With it, you get cheer on the athletes, and I know a lot of the volunteers, particularly at the longer races, they might have friends or family that are racing, and if it takes them five, six hours to do a loop, you can drive around the course and like go cheer them on, or you can like volunteer your time at a station and cheer a bunch of people on. And as a runner, so much appreciation for the people that are handing you food and water; like
0: they are like the best people in the entire world (laughs) during that race time. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I can appreciate that for sure. So two thousand nine was your first marathon in Akron. Before that, did you run as a kid? Did like how did you end up getting to the point where you ran that marathon? Sure. Did you play sports in high school? I did. Soccer. Soccer. I did track I track one year, basketball one year, tennis a couple years. I you know, I went to small high school, so I got to dabble.
1: So I did run track. In high school, but my sports career leading up to that, I tried ballet. I tried swimming. Uh, I'm not a very good swimmer, that's why I didn't do triathlons um, ever. I tried gymnastics. I tried tee ball. I tried softball. One year, for some reason, in eighth grade, I was like, "I'm going to try soccer." Why? Why is like a fourteen or thirteen or fourteen? Year, I was like, "I'm going to go out and play a sport that I've never played before." Seems like fun. It was not, um, so I, I'm not a I'm not. A, I'm still not a coordinated person. My siblings. I'm the oldest of four. I've got a sister, and then it's, it's girl, girl, boy, boys. So a sister and two younger brothers. They were all really into sports. Um, like they all played soccer. My sister ran cross country. She played varsity soccer. My both of my brothers um, played soccer forever, and then they got into lacrosse and football, playing like all varsity level in high school and like all of that. I when I went to high school, I was a child that really liked reading. I really liked uh, imagining things in my imagination. To join National Honor Society in high school, you had to participate in a certain number of clubs and then other activities, which were, in my high school, like theater, band music, or like a sport. I am not musically I'm not musically gifted. I did dabble in piano and the trumpet for a minute. I had a lot wow. of dabbling activities when I was younger. So, I'm
0: learning so many things. Um,
1: but track... You could run really short distances, and there were a lot of really cute upperclassmen boys that you could watch while you were doing that. that so I was, and I had a whole bunch of friends that were doing it. I was like, great. Tracks for me. I need something to put on my National Honor Society application, and I guess eventually my college application. So I was a sprinter in high school. Freshman year, I also tried the hurdles, and I tried long jump. I did like the four by one or the four by two Mm -hmm. relay I do remember going to the fresh like a freshman invitational like I was part of like a relay team that did that Um, and then I seemed to be plagued for the remainder of my high school career by like shin splints and um, high jumping where like my primary goal is like we can just hang out on the high jump pit during track meets the longest run that we had to do as a sprinter group was a two mile run my high school, um, we were on like our, our roads were like named and distanced by miles. So our high school is on ten mile. So our long our long day workout, we would run down the driveway of the high school and run from ten mile to nine mile and back.
0: 2 not miles. To, not to eight mile.
1: No, not. To. I, I did later run to 8 Mile, very different 8 Mile where I grew, where okay. I grew up I, than, than the one I'm that I'm all of a sudden going to be like, wow,
0: I, I'm really learning about you. You grew up. Uh,
1: no, very,
0: there. very different,
1: very different 8 Mile. Um, so what I do is I'd run with a group until we got to the end of the high school driveway and we made the left hand turn. And then I did as much walking as I possibly could. Same same with, like, any of the other, like, the ladders and the sprinkles and uh, whatnot. So I did – I was not one of those children that we were talking about, like, inst- that had instilled a love of running yeah. in them. I did it because I needed it on my high school resume, I guess. But then when I went to college, I didn't have that same sort of structured activity, and I needed something to do. I tried – like, I went to the – like, joined the gym, like, the, the student gym for a little bit, and, like, did the treadmill and the mill and all of those things. But then I had a group of friends that – They've been runners. When we were in high school, they kept running. They joined the Michigan State Triathlon Club. like, well, if I want to hang out with any of my friends, I need to do something outside that's more physically active. So I was like, I don't have a bike. I am not good at swimming. I don't feel like I want to learn how to be good at swimming, but I can run. So then I started running when I was in college, just recreationally for myself. And I trained for my first – official race in college we had a 5k like our like the, the school put on like a 5k that um, I did I don't even know what my time was or even where I would look up my time it's like the dino the dinosaur 5k I really like dinosaurs I was like great perfect <laughs> and then I did the Bayshore half marathon up in Traverse City Michigan in 2008 oh. with my sister my sister ran cross-country in high school. She didn't, really, she didn't run in college, and, but she kept running. So I was like, great, like we can run like a half marathon together. So we did that um, in 2008. And I was like, well, I think maybe I'm going to try and train for a marathon. So then I trained for the marathon in Akron. And while I was running that marathon, I don't have a lot of like memories of like the actual race itself. I remember two things. Uh, mile 16, we were crossing over a bridge and we'd either just come down or was about to go up a really big hill. I was like, this is awful. I don't want to keep doing that. (laughs) I don't want to keep, why did I sign up for this incredibly hilly race? And then I kept going. Um, But at mile 23-ish, I saw, I remember it was up on a hill to the right. There was a sign that was promoting an upcoming 50K. I don't remember where the 50K was. I don't know if it was a road or a trail 50K, but I spent like the next two miles doing the math. I was like, well, I know that a 5K is 3.1 3.1 miles like you know it took me two miles <laughs> to like say, at the end like towards me. the end of a marathon to be like how many miles is a 50k and I was like well that's only like five miles more than what I'm doing right now surely I can do five more miles than I can than I am right now I was like yeah maybe we'll try that someday and then in 2012 um, I did my first 50k trail marathon in Michigan and I have been running very long distances ever since
0: so three years between two thousand and nine and twenty twelve. Yeah, and
1: I'm trying to think what happened. I know that in twenty, I think it was the spring of twenty ten, I got a stress fracture in mm. after after years in high school of pretending to have stress fractures or whatnot. I finally actually got one, um, and I think it took me a while to recover from that one and then I'm sure that I did some amount of training and planning to try to go from like being injured to running 31
0: miles yeah at one time so so. wow I've only done one trail race it was out at Eagle Creek one of theirs and it was years and years ago I actually don't even remember which one it was or what happened but tell us I guess a little bit about the ultra world sure
1: so that was like the mid 2010s when I Mm -hmm. started doing ultras and there were definitely other women that were competing because I think I was like saw them while I was running and racing and they can either... Can you hear my stomach? No. Because
0: <laughs> I can't. And it's like, I'm like, calm down. Now we're all going like... to be listening for it though. Well, hopefully you can't hear it,
1: but... I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Okay. Sorry. Um <laughs> But I wasn't really aware really until this year about the ultra community and that's why like... 10, 11 years after I've been running them. There is a woman. Her name is, I think it's Camille Heron. She's like a world champion road ultra okay. runner. I didn't even know until this year that that was really a thing. Like I assumed that they were road, road ultras, but I didn't know. And then even with women in the sport in general, Courtney DeWalter, Sally McRae, I wasn't also aware of them until this summer either, because they're just not talked about a lot. Like, you know, yeah, I know I knew a lot of like the the marathon winners, like the Des mm, Lindens mm-hmm. and Kara Goucher and Lauren Fleshman, I think, in part because recently they've written books or started uh, running podcasts like I've been aware of them, but also because like because of the Boston Marathon, because of the Olympics, like I think marathons are just have become more well known. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of awareness and definitely even as someone that's in the sport about other female ultra runners um so I've been really diving in this year and learning more about them and what they're doing and Courtney DeWalter just won 300 mile races within a 10 week period and like they're doing crazy they're doing crazy (laughs) things at the same time I'm like I I love trail running I love it and I was like and Courtney and Sally they were all coming up in the in like the mid 2010s I was like if I had any awareness back then that this was something that you could do as a career like you could you could get paid to like go run in the woods I was like maybe I would have like considered trying that I don't know yeah. because it was so new and there's so few people doing it it makes me really happy to see so many more women in particular that are out on the trails of the races that I'm doing
0: at higher distances mm-hmm. than what I've seen before yeah so when you ran your first trail 50k sorry, where was it? Michigan. It was in Michigan. Run Woodstock? Okay. Okay. Is that the one you just did again?
1: Yes, this I, just, I just did the 100K um, this year. It's a really awesome race. It's put, the running company that's put on is called Running Fit. They used to be my running store um, in high school okay. growing up. And then they started putting on races. They eventually sold off the running store part of the business. And now they just put on races, primarily in the Midwest. But Redwood Stock happens the beginning of September every year. And it's like the music festival where like you show up on like Thursday and you can camp and there is music. And there's, like, a five-mile run, the 50-mile, no, the 100K and the 100-mile start Friday night. There's a marathon. There's a 50K. There's a half marathon. There's a 10K. Like, it's, like, oh. three and a half days of just, like, party running. Um, and just everybody's there because they love the sport. So, like, imagine, like, the music festival, but, like, running
0: well Well, they did Running Man this year for the first time. Did you see? I got a bunch of ads for that. No, I didn't. Yeah, it seemed like they're, tr- they're trying to do, like, Burning Man, but for running. Same concept, maybe at a more, like, Instagramable – I'm doing air quotes – Instagramable <laughs> state, like, where they really were trying to get, like, influencers there and, like, really do it. But it sounds like you ha- found one that's been around for a while. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it – i don't even know how long it's been around the one of the race directors this year it was his 10th wedding anniversary he and his wife got married 10 years ago at the finish line of his hundred mile at renwood Woodstock. and they were both there like volunteering and like race directing for the entire like weekend it was really great like that's one of the things that i love about running is also the community that's around it even like if we run alone yeah even if you run right. alone most of the time like you you're passing runners All of the time. I was running this weekend and I was wearing my um, hat for my 100 mile. And like, I just passed uh, this couple and they were pushing a stroller and the guy just says, IT 100.
0: And I was like, oh, you're talking, you're talking to me. Hi, did you do the race deal? Um, Like, it's just all over. So, in in ultra running, correct me if I'm wrong, it starts at 50K. Yep. That's the lowest. That is like, you become an ultra marathoner when you do a 50K. Really?
1: Anything over the 26.2? Miles, I guess, technically, is an ultra.
0: Okay, So I could run, like, 26. Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a 50. So the 50K, then does it come 100K? Or no, 100K is more than 50 miles. It's 60-something, because obviously, yeah. Math is hard. And so it goes 50K, 50 mile, 100K, 100 mile. Typically, I mean, there
1: have been a number of different distances that have had. Like, like, there's some 60Ks. I don't know what the mile math is. Okay,
0: yeah,
1: no. Um, (laughs) And there's 75 mile races. So, like, a lot more of different, like, different distances. But, yeah, the 50K, the 50 mile, the 100K, and the 100 mile are the the standard for ultra distances. Okay. And have
0: you done all of those distances? I
1: have done all of those distances and I did all of those distances in 2023. Right. She's shaking her head at me. I'm right just now. like,
0: well, because I knew, well, we waited to record this because I was like, well, I don't want to interview you until after you run your 100 miler, which was in October. Yep. yep. And you did. You had your 50K before. 50K? Yep. What was yep. the 50
1: mile? So in May. So I had signed up to run the Indiana Trail 100. Um, It happens in the middle of October at Channel Lake State Park every year, put on by another really great running community in northwestern-ish, kind of north. Is it in Fort Wayne? Northwest of Fort Wayne. It's like in the Fort Wayne, Wabash area. Um, So I knew I was going to do that. So I went out for like one of my first runs in January of 2023. And I saw this. It's a, it was a Subaru Outback. And I've seen this car and I think the owner a couple of times out at Eagle Creek since. But he had all of like the mileage stickers on the back of his car. He had like 50. He, I think he had I actually think he had a maybe he had a half and a marathon as well. And like the 50K, the 50 mile, 100K, 100 mile. And I looked at it. I was like, well, I'm training to run 100 miles in October. And this was January. So I had like nine and a half months, mm-hmm. 10 months. Um, I was like. I, I've run a hundred. I've run a fifty k before. I'm like, I could probably fit all those other distances <laughs> in between now and October. Also, I was like, eh, okay, that's my new goal for the year. So I ran. I've run all of the distances from a ten k up to um, hundred miles. In this year, I was gonna also run a 5k, and I had told this to my family I'm like, I'm gonna run all the distances, including a 5k. 5ks don't bring me joy. So, as I got towards November and December, <laughs> I was like, I, I was looking at them, and I was even gonna maybe run the 5k um, in Zionsville when you did your half marathon. Oh. I was like, well, that may have brought me a little bit more joy, like knowing that you were there.
0: Dude, there's the donut 5k this weekend. Do you like donuts?
1: I, I they don't bring me joy though. Oh. And part of it, part of it is like, I could spend part of it is, I could spend. Like $50 registering for a, a 5K, or I could spend $75 registering for a 100 miles and I get a lot more bang for a lot more miles from my buck yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so I ran a 50K in Michigan in the end of April. I ran a 50 mile at Dances with Dirt and Naw Bone down in Brown County mm. in May. I did, at, it might have been the same race that you did at Eagle creek or at least the same running group a night half marathon in july because that night is that night no i didn't do that one um because running 100 miles like one of the big differences the things that i had to two things that i had to train for for 100 mile were running big miles back to back so i would do like 25 mile 25 mile days back to back Mm -hmm. on the weekends and then running at night i'd run at night like in the dark before but like running at night was something that I hadn't never really like, done.
0: We're talking like middle of the night. It's right. three in the morning. Right. So like this this night, half marathon
1: started at nine o'clock at night and then like you run in the dark with a headlamp and everything and again like and, and on the trails, making sure that you don't fall and all of that. Um so that was in July. And then I did hundred K in Michigan at Run Woodstock in September. I did the half marathon at Fort Ben, um, oh, with Beyond right. Monumental. Yeah. At the beginning of October the next weekend was my
0: 100-miler, the rainiest, coldest weekend in the entire day, actually, I think, in the yeah, entirety my sister, of October. My sister got married that weekend. And we still talk about it. We're like, you, I mean, not to her, actually. I don't tell her. She, <laughs> rub it in. You got the worst day, literally, like, in all of fall. I mean, shoot, it's going to be 55 degrees on Christmas, for God's sake. I know. Like, it's... And it, ra- it was It like was, horrible. like, 40 and
1: raining. It was, like, it was like the worst rain also because it's <sighs> a cold rain.
0: Yeah. I so I did that.
1: And then I do normally run the Tecumseh either trail marathon or 50K. And that's the third week in October. I was playing around with doing that. But after running 100 miles, I did not. Um, and then I ran Beyond Monumental marathon the last weekend in October. And then <sighs> – Um, For the second year in a row, I've gotten my family to get up on Thanksgiving morning and do a turkey trot. So that's where I did the 10K. My family walked. The fi- the 5K. My dad did finish a little bit before me. I was very proud of him. He he walked his 5K a little bit faster than I ran my 10K. Um,
0: and I had to go back and cheer on my mom and my cousins as they were finishing up. That's so fun. Did you get any of your siblings to do it, too?
1: Uh, my brother did it last year. Okay. They didn't. Nathan was going to do the one in Detroit with his friends this year. And then when he showed up for Thanksgiving, I was like, so how was that turkey trot in
0: Detroit? He was like, yeah, that didn't happen. I was like, uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I miss... We, I'm trying to think of how many times I've done it. The Turkey Trot, maybe a couple. Cause Zach and I used to live in Broad and we would, we lived, I can't, remember. yeah, we would just jog over there because we were at 63rd and Park, like by CBS. Yep. Um, so we weren't very far from the start, and you know, if we were gonna be there anyway, it's like might as well. But now being up in Carmel, we've kind of gotten out of the rhythm of doing that, and I think now there's some in Carmel, um, but I just. I don't know. I kind of got out of the habit, if you will. Um, Actually, the guy who officiated my sister's wedding, he's on the board for the turkey trot. What's it called? Drumstick. Drumstick Dash. I don't know why. I couldn't think of that. So talk to me a little bit about your parents' involvement in your sport because I love that. You'll talk about – like I've seen pictures your parents have taken – and do they crew you at your races? They do. So I like to I like to joke with my parents
1: um, about two things. The first being that when I um, was six or seven, so before I moved from Virginia up to Michigan, I was in ballet, and from my memory and the pictures of myself in the cute sequins and like the pink tutu, I loved ballet. My parents did not sign me up for ballet after we moved. So one, I tell them I could have had a career. Um, in dance being a prima donna ballerina but you did not sign me back up for ballet instead (laughs) you got uh, your oldest child was not into organized sports not coordinated they did get to they did come and like they had the whole track uh thing like both of my parents i think did track when they were in high school like my dad in particular like really liked watching me do track Um, but they didn't get to have that whole high school athlete experience that they did with all of my siblings like my mom and my dad were like the team parents for, like, my brothers and my sister for, like, from, like, my dad coached uh, from, like – whatever the first kindergarten team that they were on like and they were super involved in my siblings' sports Um, so I joke I didn't give them that experience as a high school athlete now they can come watch me for 21 and a half hours in a row run in the rain and drive around (laughs) making sure that I have food and clean clothing and things to drink and all of that but no they're they're really great and they uh they come out and crew me at Most of my um, big long runs, which the way that most of the runs that I – in, like, the Indiana, Michigan area, they're set up as loops. So even the IT-100, it was four loops of 25, and eight stations are every – four four and a half miles you don't really like you can do any of these ultra races even the even the big ones you can do them without a crew like i know that can feel like a barrier to a lot of people that get into ultra running like right. i'm scared to go and like do it by myself i've gone and done a number of the subsequent 50ks that i've done by myself like i'll dry out like even to the point where like i'll get up like three o'clock in the morning and drive down to brown county run and then drive home like you can absolutely do these races without a crew I just like I like to invite my parents like you can come and enjoy something with me you can cheer me on and they have a lot of fun doing it like they love to- they, they're both very social people they like talking to the other runners and the other people that are coming to spectate um and like making sure that I have all of my things I give them very clear instructions I want to make sure that I have asked me if I want this or this or this so they they seem to at least have a lot of fun doing it
0: that is so sweet. I love that so much.
1: My dad's cute. I have to kind of for this last run tell him like when I do and do not want information. <laughs> um because, because so like we talked we talked about how I don't really pace myself or really like know how to pace myself. I don't really run with a lot of strategy. I put a lot of thought into my running, but I don't have like the way like What I'm impressed about you, Allie, is, like, like, you have a coach and, like, you have, like, a plan and, like, you follow that. I'm, like, I've never done any of that. I just go out and I run. And, I like, I just – I enjoy running. I just go and run. Um, I make sure that I know that I can complete – that I'm prepared to complete any particular distance. But, like, I don't have, like, a – I'm going to, you know, take it slow on, like, these first 20 miles and then I'm really going to, like, pick it up and, like, all of that. Like, I don't – I've never done that before. But I am – I am pretty good. I'll say I'm good at ultra – running. I In all of the races that I've done, I've either placed top three, like within the top three overall, or I've won them, or I've definitely won my age group in the majority of the ultra runnings, runs that I've done. So I'm, I'm, I am good at it. Um, but that also means that I don't really have a sense of how far behind me the other female runners are. So what my, da- <laughs> my dad will do now, like when I come into an aid station, he'll be like, okay, like the next woman is like, five minutes ahead of you or like or i'm like he's like or like the the next woman coming up behind you she's like 30 30 minutes 30 minutes behind you um so like he's gotten really good at like giving me that information um but sometimes i'm like like i don't need to like at some points there isn't like i don't want to know like don't tell me like keep i'm just keep, r- i'm just you're right keep track of it yeah. so that if i do ask in no. in two hours like you can tell me um but sometimes like i don't want to know the information
0: that's funny. I like I think it's really important to point out that you just said that you're good at something. I know. Why is that so hard? Yeah. I liked that. I liked that you said that. That's that everyone should take that away. I'm I am good at ultra running. <laughs> That's what the title of this episode's gonna be, Ashley. I'm good at ultra running. <laughs> but you are. Yeah, you win stuff. I I'm intrigued I think. If you had a coach and strategy and, like, really gave it – I know. A go. I know.
1: I've been thinking about what my goals are for this year, and one of the things that I've never really done is, like, do, like, an actual training. One of the things that I – like, one of the questions that you asked me was, like, what are you proud about in, like, your fitness journey? One of the things that I'm proud about from this year is that I put together – it wasn't like a complete training plan, but it was a mileage calendar at the very least. Like I knew what miles I was going to be running when every single day from April until October. And I followed that. I mean, there were some days where like I had scheduled myself to run like 15 miles and I either only felt like or had time to do 10. And like I made adjustments as I went through, but like I stuck to that calendar and I have. I don't think that I've really done that since I ran that first, my very first marathon where that was the first time that I'd done that. I'm like, I need to, I need to Google marathon training plan. And then I need to do whatever it is the marathon training planning tells me to do. Um, But I've gotten, I've gotten also out of the habit of like strength training and mobility work. I, teach bar at a bar studio in broad ripple um called bar ripple i forgot Um, you did that shout out shout out to them any listeners that want to come take a class please dm me on instagram i'll hook you up i'll have to do that the class you should and before covid like i was going and going to taking class not every day but like very very regularly covid kind of threw me out of that routine as it I mean as it did for everybody mm-hmm. and we switched to doing virtual classes for a number, number of months did you do them on zoom mm-hmm. would you teach class on zoom yeah and we still do we still offer a hybrid oh. like you can take class virtually or you can come into the studio we've got a lot of a lot of people have primarily returned to the studio but it's a really good flexible option especially if even yeah. like myself if you're traveling and you're in a city and like i don't want to find like a random class or studio to go to like we have the option where you can just take like stick to your regular class and routine and just you'll you do it in your hotel room or wherever wherever you are like on on the screen which has been like the one of the very I think few good things particularly for group fitness classes coming out of COVID is kind of that flexibility but it COVID completely knocked me out of that routine I never really got back into a good habit of like strength and like flexibility mobility Mm -hmm. training so as I'm setting my goals for 2024 one of the things that I'm thinking about and I have what is it Less than like a week, um, to decide <laughs> what I'm gonna do so I can start January first. A little more is do a more comprehensive training plan
0: for myself. Well, you know who is launching an ultra running coaching business, Lindsay. Right. I know we talked about that when we went running. I would hope so. You could be like, I'll be your guinea pig.
1: I you know I might I might I'll be your model athlete. It's funny because we t- we talked about it because we went running at Eagle Creek a couple weeks ago. You had connected Lindsay and I, so like you guys are both running this hundred mile race. You should talk, <laughs> and then we didn't talk until after the race. Like there were, I mean, there weren't a lot of people. There's probably like like four hundred total across the three race distances. One, I didn't like know what she looked like to really be able to look for her. And I didn't run into her when we were running uh the hundred mile, but we connected afterwards and we were running we did a trail run at Eagle Creek and she was telling me about that and she'd asked me if I'd ever thought about it. And I was like, I'm like, I don't even do enough training, like I was say, yeah, structure yeah. for myself till <laughs> I'm like, I really loved coaching girls that are running and Lindsay bless her. She was so sweet. She's like well, you know, like you, you, take classes and you get a certification for that. I was like, I didn't even know there you could. There was a certification way to become a running coach. I was like, what a someone whole
0: new will, world. Someone will tell you how to do it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you could. Your poster, you know, like I'm good at ultra running. Well, that's that what like like
1: the well and like what I've what I've uh, coined for myself is uh, chaotic potential. I know that I could probably I know I'm good Ooh. at I know I'm good at ultra running. I know that I could be a lot better if I had like training and yeah. structure. I'm working towards that.
0: But you know, maybe I'll tell Lindsay if she wants a if she wants a guinea pig to Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because you also don't wanna somehow to have that take the joy out of it for right. you because I could you know, you've been doing it this way for so long. I mean clearly it works well enough you're placing or winning, you know. You don't want it to be like this pressure where you feel like, oh, I have to go do this. And yeah, you know.
1: and I say so two things like Courtney DeWalter, who I mentioned before, there's not a lot of inf- She doesn't share a lot about um, her training program because I've learned about her. I was like, how does Courtney, like, how does she run 100, like 300 milers in, in, in 10 weeks? From what I like, the articles that she has that interviews, she runs a very similar, I felt very validated. She's like, I just, I'll go out and r- sometimes I'll feel like running for four hours in the mountains. Sometimes I won't. Like, she has a very summer, like, I'm just going gonna, gonna, to, I mean, I'm yeah. sure she has a lot more, like, actually to it. But from, like, the way that she, ta- like, I've heard her talk about it, she's like, I just go out, I go out and run. Like, I run how I feel. If I feel good, like, I, I do this. And, like, I'm like somebody else feels. The somebody same. else feels the way that I do. Yeah, so that, that was super validating. The other thing for me, and this will be five years, is I've been running every single day. Mm-hmm. I've got a five-year run run streak, and I wrote these numbers down because I knew I wasn't going to be able to do uh, the math with mm-hmm. you. So I started 2019, January, January 1st, 2019, and then through the end of uh, this year, it'll be 1,827 days in a row that I've run every single day, no days off. Um, so also i love it hashtag hashtag no days off so part of it also is the time commitment because i've been doing this thing where i like i have committed to running every single day which in a complete training program you would take rest days i don't remember what those are like (laughs) um or like you don't run but you do like Weights or like you do other mm-hmm. things, um, but because like I'm running every single day,
0: kind of fitting all of those different things into a single day can be challenging. So what's your? Is it a mile? Like you got to do at least one mile? You probably never run a mile. I did actually.
1: Oh, um, but so yeah, I would say at least a mile, and the mile though. I think think it was early i think it was january It's either january 2019 or it was january 2020 if it was 2020 then 2020 was just like the worst year ever but we had like those negative 35 degree windchill days oh i remember seeing
0: pictures of you with your like whole face frozen yeah
1: in in january and i i must have been 2019 because i feel like i had just started my commitment to like do this and i was like well i have to go and run or like Three days in, I've blown my New Year's resolution. I went out and I ran a mile. Like, I, like, complete everything except for, like, my eyeballs um, covered. And I went out and ran. This started as just a New Year's resolution in 2019. Wow. Because I had never done a run streak before. I had been running since freshman year in high school but I've never done like a run every single day I was like great 2019 for whatever reason I was like I'm gonna run every single day and then um, I kept running at the beginning of 2020 I hadn't stopped yet because I was kind of like eh, maybe we'll just see how how long I go mm-hmm. and then COVID happened and I started working from home and I didn't have an excuse to not go run every day I didn't wasn't driving to and from work right. like working from home Especially early during the pandemic, nobody knew what they were doing anyhow. And I was like, I don't know how to do my job remotely. I'm just going to go for a run. Um, so I didn't have an excuse not to run yeah. every single day. And then it's kind of like as you build a habit, but beyond a habit where it's just a thing that I do. Like at this point, I don't know how long I'll keep on my run streak. If there's something huge that would prevent me from running, then maybe I would end it. But at this point, like it would feel weird
0: not to go running yeah I don't have a desire to do that I don't know why like well I I think part of it's having young children it's hard enough I fit it in during the day usually I guess I don't really have an excuse as I'm really (laughs) I don't because even like because my kids are out of the house and on the weekends usually Saturday I do run Uh, a lot of times it's a treadmill workout because then the kids will just be down with me and then Sundays are usually my rest day but I could easily like just do a quick mild jaunt but um, Jay Idol George, do you know Jay? He uh-huh. was on this podcast a while ago. But he yeah. just celebrated in November. He celebrated ten years. What's his minimum? Does he have a minimum? I think it's a mile. He said for a while, I think it was maybe a year. Like he did like more than that. I forget. I would have to. I would have to look at my or listen to my podcast episode again. But yeah, he like, he had I- a minimum, and I think his he did them all outside. Because I know some people, like, don't. It doesn't matter if it's inside or outside or whatever. Like, what are your stipulations? Clearly, outside if you're going to do I don't a, have
1: a treadmill, so I, my only yeah. choice is run outside. Well, I also feel like you could, like, <laughs> run back and forth
0: in your kitchen or something. like. But Yeah, my, my house
1: is very, I, I'd get
0: bored of that real, real yeah. quick.
1: There was a, I think it was in 2020, there was this kid that ran a marathon in his living room. Like, he just ran circles in his living room. And he think oh like, he streamed it live on TikTok Oh, that sounds or something. right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I remember seeing videos of people like up on their the rooftops of their buildings, like doing stuff like that.
1: But then like, you know, if you're only like if your commitment is like a mile every day, that's like 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's really not that bad, which makes me think about a whole bunch of other habits I really want to instill. Like, you know, I I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I should. I'm going to Mexico in February. So I'm like, oh, I should do abs like every day until then. And then I'm just like, no. So I do I
1: do think (laughs) like I'm going to do like strength and mobility. I'm going to I'm going to one of my commitments for 2024 is I know I'm going to add that back in because I also kind of want to see like if I do all of the, all of the quote unquote air quotes yeah, training things, things yeah. that you're supposed to do like how how much better can I do mm-hmm. at some of these, particularly the races that I do every year. So every year I do Dance of the Dirt, not bonus, that same running company from Michigan that puts on, they have everything from, there's a a relay, I think it's like a 60 mile relay that you can do with the team. Mm. And then everything from like a 10K up to a 50 mile. So I ran my first 50 mile there last year. So I kind of want to see like how much, if I, if I actually spend like five months from really? January to yeah. May, like really doing a more, comprehensive like total training for myself like how much faster right can I get like if I actually I mean Indianapolis is pretty flat there I know where the hill I know where I know where all of the hills are in (laughs) Indianapolis but if I add on like true like hill training to my to what I'm doing if I add in even like speed work Mm -hmm. like I had intentions of doing that this year training for the hundred but Part of like the timing for the hundred mile is a lot of my big mile months were over the summer when it was hot. And I don't wanna go out on the track and like run eight hundred repeats in yeah. August. Yeah, that's hard. Um, hard. but if I do all of those things, like how much better how much... can I do in my races? And yeah. I've never I never I've never really gone into races being like, I'm going to try to hit this goal again. Mm-hmm. Like I just I just go that's and well I run and them. How you feel. And either like I'm running really well and uh, there's nobody that's I'm running in front, or like somebody is running better than me and they pass me and they keep running better than me and they win, or they kind of their wheels fall off and then I win. Like, I don't really go into it with a plan, but like, what if I did? I don't know. Yeah. So, I might, I might, that might be one of the things that I try for 2024. Are you competitive? Yes, but only in, I guess, in weird ways. So, like, let's say that I was running whatever distance it was that i was running if there is someone if there's another woman behind me i am going to pick up the pace and then do everything in my power like not to let her pass me if there's a woman who's an hour running an hour ahead of me i know i'm probably not going to catch her i'm not going to try like i won't do that so it also kind of situationally depends Mm -hmm. i was running during lunch earlier this week and i could hear somebody like heavy breathing behind me. And I was like, this person is either like working real hard uh, for themselves, like they're working real hard to pass me. I'm like, I can just go a little bit faster. I'm going to make sure they don't pass me. And they did not. So I also like have like those weird moments of like, this person has absolutely no idea that we're in any sort of competition, nor should it be a
0: competition, but I'm going to go win. Oh, my God. It's like I remember in college, I I remember getting in an argument with my roommate because we were on treadmills next to each other. And I, she would like speed up, and I would like speed up my treadmill. And uh, she caught on. She knew what I was doing, and she's getting so mad. She's like, "Stop that!" I'm like, "What? I don't want you to go faster than me."
1: You know, Alison Since speaking <laughs> of treadmills, since you do have a treadmill, I would love for you to do the Taylor Swift
0: uh, treadmill. You know, I've seen a lot of videos about Work it, up. and this ultra marathoner came out and said it wrecked her. So I was like, I saw I'm that, good. but I
1: saw other people that also did. They're like, it was tough, but like. It was doable. Yeah, it's only three. It's only
0: three and a half hours. Yeah, some of it's walking. The slower, <laughs> the slower songs are walking. slower songs will be just like a really, <laughs> really slow walk. Yeah, I know. It's interesting to me. I would love to try it. Did you get tickets for next year?
1: No, no. If anybody has tickets, please let me know. I have some, but you can't. Have well, I know.
0: if anybody ends up selling their tickets, please let right. me know. I know. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, we got ours for a hundred dollars. How? We just we. So my friend from Michigan actually is the one who got a code and, like, did the whole thing. And I remember I was texting with her. It was stressful for me. I'm not even trying to do it. And she's, you know, they, it's wild. She yeah. didn't think, even though she had a code, she was on the game. She got in. Every time she'd try to buy it, it would, like, be like, these aren't available anymore. She started thinking that she wasn't even going to get them even after that. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait until it gets closer to next right. November, and then right. we'll, I know it's so far I'll, away. I'll pay whatever several whatever. hundred dollars oh. to get them. We're talking about Taylor Swift tickets, by the way. Oh, do we? Yeah, well, we are because <laughs> we, we were talking about Taylor Swift. Hopefully, that strung together somewhat. If not, then sorry, just a tangent for you. Uh, I wanted to ask about what, like, the instructions are that you give your parents. Like, what does that look like? What do you eat? I want to know a little bit more, and also. Will you run a Ragnar next September?
1: No, I told you I can't. I'm going to be on vacation. I forgot. Otherwise, I'd saw, I saw that you signed up that Cancel I would, I would love to. We're going to Yosemite. My dad's Fine. super excited. I can't. <laughs>
0: OK, I digress. If
1: you do it again, though, uh, for sure. I love I love uh, relay distance races. So I have, and this was also speaking of new things and like crewing. For the 100, it was the first time that I ever had pacers. Most ultra mm. races, you can depending on the distance, have a pacer with you after the first fifty miles. Like somebody you bring. Yep, just okay. like some like some like somebody to a friend to, a friend to run with you. Um, huh. Race different races do it different ways. By and large, um, most pacers don't have to pay to run right. the race. Like they can, they have access to all the aid stations and everything. They're really just there to, to kind of support you as a runner. Um, which for some people, depending kind of your physical state and your mental state and like how a race is going for you can be really important, particularly in the really long distance races, because if you're not eating right, you can start to hallucinate in some of like the, like the more Uh, extreme ultra races that you have to like have like the GPS map to navigate. If you get lost, off course, you have to go back to where you got lost and like do if, even if you like, if you went five miles off course and you go back, you had to do 10 extra miles. Um, So having a pacer in those races can be really important. Again, ultra races, you don't have to have a pacer. So this is the first time I ever had a pacer. I had three guys that were pacing me. One of them was a friend from work and then two of his buddies um, from the Northwest Indiana Running Club area. So they took turns running with me from mile 50 to mile 100. And one of the things that they had asked me before we ran was like, they're like, This is your race. Like, what do you need? Like, how can we support you? Like, really similar to, like, my parents. Like, what do you need? How can we support you? So my three or four rules for ultra running are, one, I I always stop at the aid stations. (laughs) (laughs) Aid stations are one of the best parts about ultra running. Tents with cookies just appear in the middle of the woods. It's great. So always stop at the aid stations. Um, Walk up the big hills. Use the downhills. And I think there's the fourth one, but I I don't remember what it is. Those are the the three big ones. I broke all of those rules within, like, the first two hours running the 100. I didn't stop at the first aid station. I ran up the hills. And uh, the downhills are really muddy because it was raining. So I did not use the downhills in a lot of cases. But... With my parents, like they, they particularly the aid station one, they show up at almost all the aid stations that you're allowed to show up for. Some races, a lot of times if it's in a busier area because of traffic, they won't let spectators come and stop at some of the aid stations. But my parents' crew, they by and large go to every aid station. My mom has this really awesome cowbell that she brings and rings so you know that she's there <laughs> before you can That's see her That's so sweet. And like they, they cheer on the other runners and and things too. So like there a lot of they they do the cheering part. I will give them like if I like like noon if I water or, like a particular thing, like I'll make sure like they have that because the stations, by and large, have the similar food. But you also don't know exactly where right. you're gonna get. Um, and my my favorite ultra running food are Chips Ahoy and Pringles. They did not have either of those things at the Hundred Mile Race. I had packed extra for myself in like my cooler that I had at the main A station tent, and then I gave my parents the extras. Yeah. I'm like, please make sure to bring these to all the A stations that you're at. Particularly once I learned that there were no Pringles. I love Pringles while I'm while I'm running. Original. Original. Yeah. Or just original reg- regular. That's the Pringles. only choice. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So like my parents like every time that they see me they're like, which of these like here's your bag of things that you gave us. Which of these things would you like? And just like you know asking, how I'm doing and, and all of that. Like, but like I said like these the races the ultra races that I've done, the aid stations have pretty much everything. You don't really
0: need to have crew but it's just always nice to see you well yeah seeing your mom and dad that's so nice do what are some of the weirdest things you've seen at an aid station um like food wise Mm -hmm.
1: um or anything well that matter so i will say the the hundred mile rays had some of the fanciest aid station food like i'm used to aid stations that have uh like the ultras they'll have like boiled potatoes like 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 warm with like salt. It's right. a carb. a quick and easy carbohydrate. All right. But like potatoes, watermelon, bananas, bars, gels, cookies, M and M's, things like that. The hundred mile. I think each aid station got to decide. Like they, I think they gave them, like a standard. Like you need to have these things, like bananas. Like otherwise, they had an option of like what to what they wanted to put at their aid station. Mm-hmm. So there were some um, that had like this. They called it slurry it was like ramen noodle chicken soup mashed potato say,
0: mixture thinking about how the weather you ran in i started to think about chicken broth
1: yeah the yeah. ramen the ramen and broth was actually really good that i did good. i did like that um but there was some like nut cookie bars there was one that had jello which they didn't have jello <laughs> when i came back through but like like the, like a jello jiggler i was like i was like oh i don't want that right now but maybe when i come back through um, and then you just start thinking about jello. I what? Miles. I thought about I thought about it for twenty five miles. Then I came back to that aid station and there were no more jello no, jugglers. I left. couldn't handle that. No. <laughs> no.
0: It's they, like had, it's they had all gluten, you want. they had gluten they had gluten free cookies instead, which were like gross. not really a My poor mom just told me she made sugar cookies last night and she's gluten free. And I was like, Well, are they good? She goes, Well, we need to put a lot of icing on it. So Gross.
1: But no, like it's one of the things that's fun about like ultra running aid stations is there's you know, it's like a buffet in the middle of mm-hmm. the woods. When we we're when we were running monumental, particularly when I got to the top half of the marathon aid stations, I was like, I could really go for some Pringles right now. I don't think any of the aid stations are gonna have Pringles. i talked to Jed about that for next yeah, year. She had texted me and been <laughs> like, Hey, could you
0: just put some Pringles like right in front of this building and I'm like, <laughs> on my way back. It's gonna like, want a banana and a cliff bar. I want yeah. some Pringles and Oreos. Pringles, please. <laughs> Well, I told this story, I think, on this podcast, but I can't remember when. But I, when I was running the New York City Marathon, I really wanted pretzels. Like, it's all that sounded good. I just wanted pretzels so bad. And if somebody could give me pretzels, I would be like, love them forever. So I managed, with all the energy I could muster, to get my phone out. I think I had it in like a speed belt, a spy belt at the time. And you know, like I don't want to touch anything when I'm. I just don't want to expend any more energy. And I finally got my phone out. I text them. The only word I could get out is pretzels. And I don't remember (laughs) if it was even plural or singular. Pretzel, pretzels. I texted them. I get up to them. It's like mile 16. I see them, and 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 I'm like, "Do you have the pretzels?" And they didn't. And I was so mad. And they're like, "We didn't know what you meant." (laughs) I was like, "How could you not understand?" Anyway, so I came back and I spectated the following year. And I brought pretzels. And we made this huge sign that said pretzels. And we put, decorated it with like glitter glue. And it was amazing. And um, oh my God, I'm going to forget his last name, Matt, who ran with Shalane. What's his last name? Matt James. He was on The Bachelorette. He's The Bachelor. Him and Tyler were running that year. And Matt took some of my pretzels. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and I stalked Tyler at the porta potty. <laughs> And I also shook his hand after, and I feel like I basically touched his, you know, because and then I didn't think about it <laughs> until after, and I was like, "Go, oh, God." <laughs> I digress. <sighs> Sorry, mom. Anyway, okay, so interesting.
1: They're I, fun. I, like the A uh, are also like like little mini like parties, but I yeah, hang yeah. out at parties too for like people, friends, and family that are coming through. Like the volunteers, um, they, you can't have the food if you're just spectating, but um, to like to chat with, and especially the the ultras that go into the dark, like they put out Christmas lights and like, there's some that like they do themes. Like there's one, I don't remember uh, which one is, but like flamingos is their theme. And they get like, like oh, I like that like, dozens of like those yeah, yeah. flamingos that you stick in the ground. Mm-hmm. that they they just decorate it like a luau, like each, like they're, they're really, they're really fun. The e-stations are really fun.
0: Yeah. I feel like maybe to like dip my toe, maybe I'll go like crew or like, you know, decorate a tent or something. I don't know. I'm really, I'm interested. It's not that I'm not interested. I am interested. It's just a whole different world. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a spoiled road runner. I'm very, you know, I'm like your typical cliche. Like when I see the videos comparing the two people, like I know Laura, Laura Green did one recently and it was so funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, I'm just like checking my watch, the GPS, like got all my shit, got my he- headphones. And then you just have the ultra runner who's just couldn't care about anything. And it's like, so chill.
1: Just think about watching the sunrise when you're in the
0: woods. It's so peaceful. I mean, it doesn't sound bad. I mean, I don't know. I'm interested in running up north. We're doing a road Ragnar, Mm -hmm. so it's not in trail, which I'm kind of bummed about. We just, the scheduling, trying to schedule is like a nightmare. But it will be in Traverse City area, and it's going to be a little hilly. So I'm a little nervous about that, but i got a while to worry.
1: It's beautiful there. I did, um, in college, there was a group of us that would do um, – it was called the great lakes relay at the time i don't know if it's still called that now but it was from essentially like a diagonal line from it wasn't all the way like the thumb ish area of michigan up mm. to traverse city it's like 270 300 mile relay oh that like you can't like camp overnight it's like they had designated spots and then like you and that was primarily on dirt roads. so i think some of it was uh paved what i remember which is funny now the, I always was doing the short legs because even at that time like I was not like a distance runner really yet. I do like the three, three and a half mile, maybe four mile legs. Most of mine from what I remember, the year or two that I did it was all on sand. And I just remember being oh, done no. with that being like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna run on the road. I don't wanna I don't wanna run in the dirt and the sand. I'm like, that was that was hard and miserable. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, Little did I know.
0: Yeah, right. That you would like (laughs) love that. Random question, but I know we gotta. I gotta get my kid off the bus sometime soon. Random question about winning stuff. So I have had the experience of doing that very seldom, and it would be age group stuff, not like Mm -hmm. overall stuff. And I got recently the fourth Fourth of July. I don't remember if you seen saw this, but I won like a pirate booty, blow up pool. (laughs) It was the best. I picture in the trail and ultra world that there's like weird shit that you win. Is that true? Like what have you gotten as either overall or age group? Yeah. Awards?
1: So for the, it's like some of the age group ones that I've, that I've won for run Woodstock because it's, you know, Woodstock themed, um, little VW like buses were oh, the, like, the age group, group prizes. This past, what did I, I don't even know what I got. When I know one of the things that I got to take home was a volunteer had made these like, uh, not crochet, They're not. Cro- they like crocheted, but like around a frame, like giant peace signs. That like like the top three overall in each race. I like, got to take one. Like they had. They use them as decoration. But then as you finish, like you get to like cut them down and like. um that's kind of cool. Could you hang it like on your wall as it's, a decoration? Yeah, it's hanging on my door. That's cool. Right now, because I don't have any other <laughs> other hooks than the ones at the back of my door. <laughs> and then like there's I got like some skull and crossbone <laughs> shaped um, from like from the like the bone races and like some tree sh- like. Tree shaped, tree stump, like a lot of like creative, primarily wood based for some reason. Awards, but also like blankets and like running bags and things like that. The big, the big, uh, the big prize though is a free entry to the following year's race. So one of the reasons why I'm running a 50 mile again in May is that I won, and so I get to run it for free this year, which just keeps you coming back. Yeah, yeah. But what's funny about finishing and even winning some of the longer races, like the hundred k. For example, I won I won that one in September and it took me it 11 hours and 26 minutes to run the 30 or 64 or 65 miles. Um What's that pace? Uh, a little under 11 minute miles. Okay. I finished at one thirty in the morning. Whew. And everybody was <laughs> there were pretty much asleep even the people at the finish line Aww. weren't really expecting me to come through which I thought was a little bit silly because I'd run through there's an aid station like less than half a mile before you get to the finish line I'm like surely somebody should have radioed maybe I was just running so fast but yeah. I kind of surprised them at the finish line and even the hundred mile that took me 21 hours and like 34 minutes I finished at like 3:30 in the morning so like some of, and there were more people that were uh, awake at the finish line for that one But some of these races, like, you're finishing in the middle of the night. It's a really different experience than, like, crossing the finish line at Boston or at Monumental where, like, there's crowds that are cheering. It's it's very much like a, I did that thing. Yeah. And whoever's there with you is there to celebrate. Otherwise, this it's kind of like – I actually really loved running at night. That was one of the things that was new for me this year because I run a lot in the morning during the week. And then I'd done practices – running in the dark but when you run at night like time doesn't mean anything Mm. so once it's dark it's dark you could be running for like 30 minutes or like three hours but like nothing's changing around you so you kind of like you're like a weird I think I think it helps with the longer distances though because you're like I have no idea how long I've really been running I just know I'm going to keep running until I'm supposed to stop and time doesn't mean anything
0: have you ever hallucinated or did you it this year No. no I could see how that would happen
1: Yeah, I think particularly, like, the 200-mile distance is becoming a thing. And I think really when you get up to that level of distance, and I'm sure for many people, like, I know 100 miles is a lot um, for anybody, that if you're not prepared properly, and that's a big part of the reason with pacers and, like, Mm. the race staff and, like, all like following all of the safety measures that are put in place for an ultra race are really important to also keep you safe as a runner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm such a baby. I would be so scared.
1: It's a lot less scary. It's less scary than I thought. I was I was really nervous, and I did the trail half marathon at Eagle Creek, because I just I hadn't even. T- I had just gotten like the. It was just a belt head headlamp that I was using, and I realized this is in fact not enough light. I need to actually order a for real headlamp. Yeah. So then I had a, I used a belt um, light and a headlamp yeah. when it was dark. I had two lights. My mom was like, that's how we knew you were coming. We could <laughs> see your two lights off in the distance. And we knew that you're getting ready Aww. to come so I could get my really loud, wonderful cowbell ready.
0: <sighs> I love that so much. <laughs> I want to go circle back to monumental again, and then I'll ask you the end of the podcast questions. Okay. But I wanted to talk about monumental because it was your first road marathon since 2009. Mm-hmm and like i said at the beginning you helped pace me for the first half for me so the first half of the half which is about 7 miles we split the full marathon keeps going the half marathon turns left and kind of heads back towards downtown ish so i remember yelling at you being like okay you know don't run too fast make me look bad <laughs> and you did <laughs> i didn't i think we we had a pretty similar pace I don't know end. you crushed it so what you ran a 330 marathon right mm-hmm. just <sighs> but also I don't know if I could have done that without you oh god you said and you couldn't doing, you, seven you said miles though.
1: I know but like you said you helped like se- we set the pace at the beginning together and I was like well I got I, I remember getting to the half marathon mark of the marathon I looked at my watch I was like Allie better have finished right now because I'm about crossing this this uh, finish line at her PR time. So she better be done. And I'm like, and I'm saying pretty on good pace with her right now. Like if she yeah, is done, I'm like, done. so no, no, you, I mean, as much as you say that I helped you, like you helped me because I went into the marathon at the, in January when I was like, I'm going to run a hundred miles and being on the board for five years, I've never run the Right. Marathon. I know that's why I did it last year. I was like, I Right, and that's I was, I was like, well, I should probably do mm-hmm. it. I mean, I'd done the Fort Bend half. I was like, I should probably experience what it's like to run the full marathon. So I knew in January that I was gonna run the full marathon. I knew it was gonna be two weeks after I'd run hundred miles. I knew that was going to be hard. And I was like, uh, oh, maybe I qualify for Boston. Maybe I'll see if I can do it. And then like as it got closer, particularly after I ran the hundred K in September. And then, like, it was in the process of, like, actually, like, running the 100 miles. I was like, you know, if I can just finish the marathon, that would be great. <laughs> um, so having, like, running with you at the beginning was just as important for me. So, like, you helped, like, together we set the pace to accomplish what our goals. Look at us helping
0: each other. Yeah. We but got so, some good race photos, too, out of that.
1: They were amazing race. Yeah. So I've got more good race photos mm-hmm. in 2023 than I have in the previous, like, 12 years of it's running probably, it's probably
0: ai they probably just fix yeah. you maybe <laughs> also but like
1: also like shout out to the indianapolis local photographers uh terry fletcher and timmy howard are two of them that a number of the photos that i have one of the two of them took and sent me i was like here's like here's what it looks like when i'm running because my mom my mom bless her heart oh god like, sorry mom at the aid stations i'm like either like
0: i'm eating yeah or yeah, like it's blurry it. and i'm and I'm
1: moving. <laughs> Or, like, it's just me standing, like, when I'm done. Um, (laughs) But, no, like, it's
0: so, so, like, the the race photographers are so important. So, like,
1: they capture the experience, like, while you're doing it that nobody else.
0: Right. Well, and all you want is just, like, look. Like an athlete, like strong, you know? It's like I don't wanna look like a supermodel, but I just don't wanna look like I'm weigh five hundred pounds, like with eight chins, and it's like, why do the photographers are on the ground too, by the way? I like, don't know. Like, I don't know. That I don't know. Never's a good angle for me running. I don't know. But or they did general. they did get some really good photos of us at Money Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> They are they were good. And that's like rare. It's like, oh nice to have a good race photo. Um, I still share like the my favorite race photos actually from the New York city marathon in 2018 that I still use for a lot of stuff because I like it so much. I felt like absolute dog shit when they took that picture of me too. And I just baked it. You do a really good job though. Smiling for the race photos. Whereas yeah. I'm like, maybe they won't look at me. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got, you got like, you're looking right at the camera. You got the big smile. I'm, I'm like, like ready <laughs>
0: for it. That's what those are my moments where I like try to pump myself back up too. I'm like, okay, pretend like you're running. You got <laughs> you your name and your bib your showing yeah. so that you, you
1: can actually find yourself. Yeah. Whereas like mine is like half hidden underneath yeah, my shirt yeah, like, because I'm just like I don't know how
0: this is supposed to work. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. <laughs> oh man, I hope we get a chance to do that again at some point. For sure. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And that race, the weather was great. We had so many course records. I wonder if we'll ever have an ultra marathon. Who knows? You gotta, you could do that. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know either. We have so much work to do still to make Monumental even bigger. We'll see what the future holds. Mm. So 2024. Are you going to run Boston? Because you qualified, right? Um, Have you run Boston in the
1: past? No, no. I haven't. And it's never really – it's not like a bucket list, like I'm training for this type of goal race for me. I did want to see – like I wanted to prove to myself – uh, that I could run 100 miles and then two weeks later qualify for Boston. I really – I did really want to prove that <sighs> yeah. to myself. I didn't, like, speak that out loud very much, but I I wanted to prove that I could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, doing that is enough. If the cutoff times don't change too much and I am able to actually put my name in for Boston and I were I to get in, I would totally Good. run it. Yeah. But, like, I think it was, like – Either just over or just under five minutes off of the qualifying times this year to be able to run the 2024 Boston race. So even if you qualify, sure I qualified and like I'm I'm proud of that. But like I don't know if that's even good enough
0: to run right to actually race it. I know I keep thinking about I've now spoken it out loud that I would like to run Boston. I would like to qualify. I would like to go do it. I think I'm in a position to continue gaining speed and. I'd be curious, I'm not planning on doing that next year because what I've learned, especially with having a coach, is, like, I know that it takes time. Like, I just put in a really good year of speed work, but I didn't do the distance part of it, so maybe next year I can do a combo of those things, run a a full marathon again, see how much time I can, you know, chunk off of my sub four. That's my Mm -hmm. PR is, like, 357. And then go from there. Like, to your point, there's so much time between – When you ran a full and then going to do it again, like, yeah, it's like an hour. I feel like I was a whole entirely different person and athlete when I ran that sub four. Yeah, I was in great shape, but I was running like a crazy person. Like, I just would go out and run as fast as I could for whatever my plan said. So it'll be interesting to see. Also, the
1: older you get, the – the Boston qualifying change time. Well, that's so I keep saying
0: I'm like, oh I'm almost forty, so like I could just wait till it bumps it up and then everyone tells me, Don't worry about that.
1: Right. So like I mean like the standard qualify time is like the three thirty, but for my age grade was three thirty five. Huh. So I do have if they do How old are you? I'm thirty seven. Okay. Same old. Yeah. So we're the same age. Same old. Same old. We're the same old. <laughs> 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 you sure you don't want that to be the title of this that's, podcast? That's really funny. the same old. The same old. <laughs> um but yeah, you you have you have more room for qualifying uh, for Boston the
0: older that you get. To. Yeah, right. So I'm like, that's why I like that 40 marks interesting because you can be like, you can do it while you're 39, whatever, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, see. well if you need to, as you're doing your distance training, just let me know if you need somebody to run distance. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I know who to call because I could be like, hey, you want to go run any distance that you're training for a marathon? You'd be like, that's no problem.
1: Well, and that was like for the longest time because um, people always like like. Are you training for something? And, like, I have the races for the, for, like, that I love doing every year that I always do. But really, like, my baseline, what are you training for, is if anybody knocked on my door, is like, hey, do you want to go run a marathon today? Whether or not I had the time to do
0: it, I yeah. knew I could physically say, yeah, sure, I can go do that with you. Yeah. You're the person I keep seeing those stupid videos that are like tag the person that would you would go <laughs> run a marathon with right now and they'd say yes now you're my person like you get a thousand dollars to just go show up at Ashley's doorstep and be like would you like to go run a marathon because you really could do yeah, so it yeah sure okay did you look at your notes did we miss anything big no I think we got everything okay um, let's make sure okay I
1: think so I think the only other thing that in my lovely permanent marker I love it notes so this is my fifth year of. No days off, running every single day. This is my second year of 200-mile months. So um, 2022 and then 2023, I've run a minimum of 200 miles every single month. Um, So my total miles for the end of 2023 will probably be a little bit over 2,860. Miles, which is the most miles that I've run. Um, I don't think I'm going to hit three thousand. I like th- I could. I right. mean, I still have enough time. Yeah. And with the holiday break, if I run, I, I could do it. I don't think that I'm going to try. I've run enough this year. Yeah. But almost three thousand miles. That's a year. lot of miles.
0: Wow. How do you not get hurt? I'll um. Some wood. Put yeah. You know, wood in here. Oh, maybe that door is wood. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think, I think in, in part, like you hear a lot of, you know, as you get older, like your knees start to hurt or your body, you know, falls apart mm-hmm. or hurts because of running. And I, I do think that's true. And if you're not training safely and running safely, definitely true. But I think part of it is running every day has kept me from getting yeah. seriously hurt. I did in 2016 when I was running a 50K, I ran with my cousin and I did do something to my right ankle which still bothers me because I can't put a lot of uh, like strength training t- mm. type pressure on it because like I don't know there's cartilage or something that got stuck in there um I did I injured that at mile seven of the 50k and then I finished running the next 24 miles which I didn't do a lot of racing and running then in the end of 2016 and early 2017 because I hurt myself so I don't know I, I just attributed the fact that I'm like my body is used to doing. Mm. this every single day and um try not to do anything too crazy it's part of the reason why i'm careful going down the hills when i do ultra running because i am afraid of falling Falling. down the hills but you know like my that same cousin he did a transcontinental run in 2019 he ran from california to new york and he was running almost every single day like 50 mile days and um i know a number of people that have done that and your body just your body is amazing and it can adapt To doing things like that. that. That's wild to me.
0: Okay. um, I just noticed that it's 2.30 and my kid gets off the bus at uh, 2.52. So I've got like... Okay. So rapid fire the last couple of questions. Okay. I'm ready. And you know them. So first, what is your favorite mantra and or song? Sure. Run the mile that you're in. Yeah. (laughs) You know it. Those tattoos look good on you.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's, it's true, especially for like the long... Like if you're running 100 miles... You can't yeah. at mile one. You can't be thinking about mile ninety nine. Like you are, you are living in the mile that you are running at the moment. Yeah,
0: and I saw your bracelet says one more loop too. I right? did. Yeah,
1: I got these, uh, Christy that does the the bracelets that you put in your yeah, bouquets. Yeah. So before the hundred, I got the run your mile that you're in. Cause I got the tattoo, but I'm like, I need something that's not gonna yeah. wash off, or the permanent marker that I tried doing for myself. Yeah. And then one more loop because a lot of the uh, a number of the ultras that I do are loop races. Yeah. So like. Four more,
0: three more, two more. Yeah, one more loop. Yeah, and to be fair, that tattoo lasted through the rain of a hundred mile race. It sure did. It lasted for like two weeks. That's wild to <laughs> me. I, you know, I tested a bunch, try to figure out, hey, what can last through a marathon. You that's picked a, a good one. <laughs> that's a testament. So yeah, whether you want it to last that long or not. Okay. And then, do you listen to music while you run? No. No, you're one of those. I listen. Yeah, I'm one of those. I listen to nature. Cool. Okay. What finish line or milestone is
1: next? Um, well, my next milestone is going to be December 31st, 31st when I officially hit five years in a row yep, of running so every single day. So that's big milestone. My next for sure finish line will be uh, the Nauvon 50 mile in May. I haven't right. decided if I'm going to do any other Do you do the mini ever? Between
0: that. No. I'm pushing this year. I'm doing Ainsley's Angels. Okay. So I think that that's going to be a way for me to experience it differently and – I don't
1: know. My, my, my thing with the mini is very technical and the fact that a mini marathon is a small 26.2 mile race. It is not, A half marathon is a 13.1 mile race. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. A th- yeah. 13.1 mile race is not a mini marathon. It is a half marathon. And for that reason, and that reason alone,
0: I will never run the mini marathon. I thought you were going to say, I'm out like on Shark Tank. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> the end. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. This was so much fun. I could do this all afternoon.
1: It was fun. I'm
0: Anytime that you need to fill in, guest host, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. I'll bring the so forks next time. Oh, my gosh. Knives. It's so ridiculous. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Happy holidays, and enjoy the rest of what's left of 2023. I will be back the third week in January with a new episode. So I will talk to you then. Happy running, everybody.